Podcast Answer Man, episode number 185. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is the podcast about podcasting, trying to answer all of your questions and also to help you take your podcast to the next level. Hey, today I've got a lot of different things I'm going to tell you about what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to also include yet another wonderful interview that I hope will be encouraging and insightful Well, my friends, it is great to be back for another episode of Podcast Answer Man. And I did something this week that I really hardly ever do. It's not that I'm anti-stats, okay? And, you know, oftentimes I talk about, well, I don't usually do this. I don't usually do that. And people sometimes assume that when Cliff says, I don't usually do something, uh, that he means that he's anti that. And that's not just that's just not the case. The, th- the fact is, is when I started podcasting, I was what we would call a statsaholic. And a statsaholic I would consider to be somebody who signs into the back end of their uh, media host and consistently checks, sometimes once, twice, maybe even three or four or five times a day, uh, how many people are downloading their episodes. And and you may be on the verge of becoming a statsaholic if you're check in, checking in at least two or three times a week. Now, that that used to describe me to the T. Now these days I've I've kind of learned that the power really isn't in the number of people who are downloading your show, but it's it's in my experience. And of course this may not be for everybody. It really depends on your own personal approach to podcasting, but my approach to podcasting is to create a an audience and a community uh, a relationship with the people that I have in my audience. And and I want to have real relationships and and I found that Really, the success for me is not determined by the number of people who are downloading my show, but it's actually the relationship that I have with the people that I know who are listening, who have contacted me, who are following me on Twitter and Facebook and all this other stuff. It's, it's how well am I getting to know my audience, and, and I found that that's, that's what's been most successful for me. Now, though I was doing some searching around, you know, some people had left some comments here and there on various different uh, show notes, uh, entries on my various sites. And I decided, you know, I want to go and look at something. I want to see if I'm, you know, what the percentage of growth is. And I will just say that the percentage of growth for just this one individual podcast, podcastanswerman.com, this this show has seen an amazing amount of growth. Uh, it, it's, just, it's blown me away. As a matter of fact, I had no idea that between... Um, well, let's just say the the uh, the size of my audience, what it is today, and where it was uh, six months ago, it is completely, completely changed. It is double. We have doubled the size of the audience to Podcast Answer Man in the last six months, and that, my friends, is amazing. So, uh, again, thank you to all of you new subscribers out there, and and uh, I guess some things are just really happening. Some some folks are really 
Um, I'm using really a lot, but uh, folks are really finding out about the podcast more and more through Google than, uh, these days than, than even through iTunes, and, and that's a pretty exciting thing as well. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see those numbers, although I try not to get too excited about it because, well, that's double the audience, and I don't know a ton of you who are listening to this podcast, and I want to get to know you. So uh, I hope that you'll give us a call on the voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067 and introduce yourself to me and, and ask some questions here for the podcast. So uh, that's what this show is all about is, is trying to answer your questions. And uh, also, I, I always say that, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, I want to take that back. This show isn't only about, isn't all about answering your questions. It is, that's a part of it. But this show is also, and I want to make this clear, is a lot about me sharing my journey and what excites me about podcasting too. Uh, and and sometimes I'll go on a, a podcast episode uh, about things that are mainly of interest to me and there aren't a lot of questions. And so some people are like, well, I wish you'd just get back to the questions. And, and I understand why that expectation is there because I oftentimes say it's all about answering your questions. Hmm. Answering your questions is a high priority. How is that? All right, so here's the situation. We are going to start off with one of your questions. This question comes in from Dodge. Dodge, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Dodge of A Casual Stroll to Mordor podcast and blog. We currently have a Xenix 1002 FX mixer, and I'm looking into a limiter gate. I was looking at the MDX 4600 that you currently use, but I'm wondering if my mixer is compatible with that. Or should we go ahead and get a different mixer and maybe get the limiter gate down the line? Just wondering what you would suggest as far as improving our sound quality goes in that capacity. Thanks so much for your help, and I'm looking forward to your webinar this weekend. See you later. All right, Dodge, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, so you've got the Xenix uh, 1002 FX mixer, and you're thinking about the getting the Behringer uh, MDX 4600 compressor limiter gate. Now, you didn't tell me what it is about the compressor limiter gate that's really of interest to you. Is it is it the gate functionality so that you can maybe gate out some static noise that are coming in from Skype interviews? Or maybe you have a broadcast host and, and you want to gate out some static there. If that's the case and that's your primary use for a compressor limiter gate, then it, it really you don't need to worry about too much more. You just basically, what I would do is I would bring the audio in from... Uh, the speaker output of my Skype computer. I would then, uh, I would use a cable that has one eighth inch jack uh, plug on one end and a one quarter inch plug on the other end. And so I would go from the output of Skype into the input of one of the channels on the on the compressor limiter gate. And then I would take, um, I would get a, probably a balanced cable. It's it kind of, it's called TRS, uh, quarter inch patch cable. And I would go out of the, out of the compressor limiter gate and then into um, your top, uh, you know, your it, it would be your balanced port input on probably let's just say line five six or whatever's on your on your ten o two mixer. It's the top one where it says left and right. There's a quarter quarter inch plug for left channel, right channel. If you just plug it into the left, if it's a balanced cable coming in, it'll equally distribute the sound both to the left and the right channel. Anyway, what that would do is it would allow you to use the all the functionality of your compressor limiter gate, and it will run all that processing right there on your 
Skype audio. Now, the other thing is, is that you could bring in audio from uh, JK Audio, which I also have a JK Audio, and I bring that in, and I just actually go from XLR output of the of the JK Audio, and I bring that into the XLR input of the compressor limiter gate, and then I do the same thing. I just get a, a one-quarter inch uh, uh, balanced cable from the output of that channel and then bring that into the mixing board. There are a bunch of different ways you can wire all of that up. But the functionality there would de- definitely work with the uh, Behringer Xenix uh, 1002 mixer. Now, the question is, Is are you looking for this functionality so that it will gate out maybe some of the background noise and some of the hum uh, of computer fans or whatever the case may be in your studio? And if you're looking to use that processing power on your microphones and you want to be able to control each channel independently, then yeah, the Xenix 1002 really is not the best option. Uh, One of the things I will say is that you can contact Behringer uh, and I do know that their technical support department here in the U.S. is very nice. They're very helpful and they will tell you a way probably that you could use the uh, the uh, the aux send, I, I don't know, I think there are aux sends and aux returns on the Behringer uh, 1002. Tell you what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to uh, pause the recording here and I'm going to go look that up for you. Okay, I apologize. No, they do not have aux sends out and aux, send and aux returns. So, uh, you call, call, the, um, call Behringer and, and ask them if there's a way to, to do all, all of that. I will tell you, I made the mistake where I actually plugged in the microphone straight from the XLR port back on the back of my microphone into directly into the compressor limiter gate input. And that is not, that is not going to work well for you at all. Uh, In fact, what happened was I brought the audio, I I went from the mic into the compressor limiter gate and then from the gate into, from the MDX into the XLR port on my mixer and I was just getting a ton of sound and stuff like that. And I believe it's because I wasn't, you know, I'm not using a preamp. And so if you want to go that route... Um, and and you want to continue the use of your of your mixer, you could go you could go from mic to a preamp and then into the compressor and then into your mixer. But you know, I think to answer your original question, I think probably upgrading to a newer mixer is something that you'll probably want down the road. Judging from the fact that you've got a mixer now and now you're looking at using uh, you know some other hardware equipment. What you want is a mixer that's going to have what we call insert points or ports on them. Insert ports. And what insert allows me to do is it allows me to take an XLR, just a standard mic cable, and take my mic and plug it into the microphone jack on my mixer on channel number one. Then there is an insert output uh, cable. And I'm able to plug in this one plug or this one cable and what it does is it actually has on the other end of that cable it has two ends and one of is one of it is where it's actually sending audio out of the mixer and the other end of that cable is bringing audio into the mixer so it's doing a send and a receive signal so as soon as i plug in the insert cable into the mixer it's basically it it says oh wait a second we've got audio coming in from this mic but before we send it all the way down and through the mixed audio that's going to be recorded 
let's send it out of the mixer and run it through what? And of course, then I take the send and plug that into the input of the compressor limiter gate. And then I take the other end of that cable, which is the receiving end. Uh, I plug that into the output of that channel on the compressor limiter gate. And so what's going on is my I'm speaking into my microphone that's traveling down the XLR cable. It's going into the XLR input. And then the mixer is taking it and sending it out the, the insert cable into the compressor limiter gate and then bring it back into the mixer through that same cable and then the mixer allows it to go down fully processed fully processed i'll give you an example of this um here's what my you know what the thing is i run post-production on this i'll tell you what um i can do this through using the gate functionality so right now there there's a little bit of studio noise in here i'm gonna just unplug my insert cable from this microphone all right so here we go all right, so I've just unplugged it, and what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to I'm going to get a piece piece of paper here. Okay, I'm ruffling paper, and I'm and I'm going to keep ruffling the paper, which you're hearing right now, and I'm going to plug in the insert cable at the same time. So, and I'm going to keep ruffling the paper. Here we go. Okay, you don't hear that you don't hear the ruffling after I plugged it in. So that's the gate kicking in and and again, what happens what if the insert cable is not plugged in, then whatever audio is coming into my mac microphone just passes straight from the XLR import or input of your of your mixer and it passes it straight on through the mixer into your recording. But the, if you plug in the insert cable, it says, wait a second, let's go process that signal before we let it through the rest of the, the system. So my recommendation for you is probably time to upgrade your mixer. That, that's my personal, personal recommendation. Anyway, wow, <laughs> I'm not going to have enough time for everything I want to do today. Uh, anyway, Adobe Audition for the Mac beta is now available. It's official, my friends. If you go to labs.adobe.com slash technologies slash audition. And again, of course, that link is going to be in uh, podcastanswerman.com show notes under episode 185. But Mac users can now download the, the full beta version of Adobe Audition at no cost. It's absolutely free. There's no license. There's no serial number, nothing at all. No activation problems. You just download it, install it, and boom, it is ready to go, and it will work. You have to have a Mac running OS X 10.5.7 or OS X 10.6 or greater. Uh, so definitely want to check that out. It is amazing. It is amazing. It's a dream come true for people like myself, and I absolutely love it. And uh, just know this: that as soon as the beta period ends, you know the the next, you know, as soon as they shut it down, uh, you'll go to load that software on your computer, and it won't function anymore. So, uh, just just whatever settings or anything that like that that you do, just just know to to make a note of all the changes that you make because. Uh, eventually, it'll be available for sale and you'll have to go purchase it if you want to continue use. But hey, it is awesome. I love it. And uh, I think you will as well if you're a Mac user. So go get it. And uh, there you go. Hey, Gordon Firemark uh, sent me a question some time ago and he asked me if I knew about any software for Android users uh, for their Android phones. And so I turned to the community of folks out there on Twitter and Facebook and created a Facebook thread and asked people to respond there. And I want to let you know that uh, there are pretty much four 
uh, suggestions that were made. Uh, were, were, I mean, there were a lot more things that were said, but uh, four of these things rose to the top. Google Listen was really the most uh, popular result uh, that people are saying that they're using for listening to podcasts on the Android device. Uh, Beyond Pod is another one. Uh, Stitcher, yet another, and then Dog Catcher. That's D-O-G-G Catcher. And I've got links to all of those pieces of software in the show notes, podcastanswerman.com, episode 185. I want to say special thank you to Art Pennington, um, let's see here, is that Marshall C., uh, Daniel Johnson Jr., Sandy Keyswetter, it's Michael Dubay and Andrew McGiven, Brian Friday, all of those folks for their responses. And of course, I've got a link to that Facebook thread if you guys want to continue on a conversation there uh, in the show notes as well. All right, next we have uh, Daniel's question here about updating old show notes. Hey, Cliff, this is Daniel M. Clark from QAQN.com, and I've got a podcast answer man question for you. As I'm growing my podcasting efforts, I implement things that get put into the MP3 files. So a new logo, a new phone number for feedback, things like that. My question is, when you make changes to your shows, do you go back and update old show files? I'm torn because I don't have that many episodes of my main podcast, Geek Dads Weekly, yet. We're recording number 45 tonight. So it wouldn't be a giant hassle to go back and make some changes, but still, it's work, you know? I'm curious how you've handled that in the past, and thanks, Cliff. Keep up the great work, and I'll see you Saturday morning for the uh, equipment webinar. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much, Daniel. And uh, as far as my updating of old shows, so basically, let's just say you get some new artwork for your uh, MP3 files, your 300 by 300 or 600 by 600 image, whatever you're using for your podcast artwork. Um, you, you get some new fancy artwork and now your show is going to look a lot more professional. First, number one, obviously you want to go and update your RSS feed so that it displays the new image so that, uh, iTunes will then, you know, show your search results and your, your directory listing, uh, with the new artwork. Now, by the way, I want to let you know, Zoom listings, if you have a listing at zoom.net, um, you have to actually email rob at zoom.net, that's rob at zoom.net, and tell him that you've updated your artwork and he can go and refresh that. They will not, over at Zoom, they will not automatically pick up that new artwork. You have to tell them that you have new artwork. So make sure that you do that as well if you have a zoom.net listing for your podcast. Uh, I think that BlackBerry should automatically pick up your new artwork if you're listed over there. But anyway, th- that's definitely number one. That- that's the first thing that I would do. However, would I go back and update 40 prior episodes? Well, personally, no, I, I wouldn't. I don't. Uh, I-, I have changed my artwork time and time again over all the various shows that I produce, even podcastanswerman.com. And so you can basically go back into the archives of Podcast Answer Man. I'm not sure how many are available on on uh, the free feed of podcastanswerman.com and iTunes right now, uh, but I probably all of the episodes that are in Podcast Answer Man are all going to have the newest uh, artwork that's on this particular episode. But if you're if you're a GSPN.tv Plus member, you can get all 185 episodes 
in an RSS feed as well as 2,300 other episodes or, well, 2,000, a total of more than 2,300 episodes of all my content is available and it's just $10 a month over at gspn.tv slash plus if you're interested. Anyway, but yeah, if you download my older episodes, you're going to see some of the older artwork and in fact, some of it's quite uh, amusing to, to look at where I've been and where I am today and so... Uh, to answer your question, no, Daniel. I personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother going back. But if I had a single show like you do, and I had ten episodes, yeah, I would do it. If I had twenty episodes, I might do it. If I had forty, it depends on how much free time you have on your hands. I just don't have that kind of free time. But if I, I mean, if it was my one show and it was my, you know, that's like, man, I really wish this artwork was on all of my episodes for the people who, you know, find me three months from now. It's going to download every episode. If it was that important to you, why not? Uh, what you would need to do is you need to actually take your MP3 files, update all of them, and then immediately replace all of the MP3 files on your media host and just rewrite those. And then, of course, as people download the new episodes um, moving forward, the the new episodes will have it there. But to answer your question, no. I personally, I wouldn't uh, myself. I, I don't. So, All right, moving along here to Father Jim's question about buzzing in the background. Hey, Cliff, this is Father Jim Tucker of the Catholic Creativity Podcast. I was uh, recording a couple of uh, a video podcasts, the ones with the puppets for kids, and I was noticing that the, uh, the sound had a lot of buzzing in the background, and I wanted to try and minimize that. I, I didn't have that problem before, but I was wondering what could cause that that buzzing in the background and um, is it something to do with connections or what um, thanks for podcast answer man it really helps a lot talk to you later bye all right thanks father Jim and uh, I just want to say wow when it comes to buzzing and hums and and all this other stuff man that that can be so many different things Although I will say that a majority of the time it is it does have something to do with the power source, uh, and more often than not, it, it has to do with with some issue with grounding and and this ground you know, ground loop noise and 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 to be honest with you, I, I have a very very basic understanding of what all that stuff is. I do know that on a laptop, um, a majority of the time with a laptop, if I if I bring a laptop in and plug in some uh, a jack or a cable that goes from the headphones jack of the laptop and bring that into my mixer, and if that laptop is plugged in with its power supply into the wall and it's got a ground plug on it, I'll get a sound in the background and it's annoying as I'll get out and I'm like, what is all this noise? It'll sound, it'll sound like like that so you love my sound effects there don't you but anyway um the thing is though if i unplug the power supply from the wall nine times out of ten it gets rid of it and um i i I definitely don't recommend this but i've been known on occasion to instead of going to the uh instead of going to the uh, hardware store and getting that little adapter that you can plug in your three prong prong power thing you know power plug into and then it gets it reduces the uh, thing down to two and you plug it into the wall without the ground plug uh you know you could do that and it works just as good as as the other way i've been known to break off the ground plug i don't recommend that 
I don't recommend that. I, I don't know what it will do, uh, but if my house burns down one day, um, hopefully, you know, it, it, it it's not going to be as a result of that. But uh, anyway, seriously, I don't I don't recommend it. But another thing is, though, I just redid my studio. In fact, go over to podcastanswerman.com slash studio setup. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash studio setup. And uh, I just reconfigured everything. And I mean, I had everything working awesomely here in my studio and man when i rewired this studio i had the craziest hum noise in fact the people who are listening to this live on Ustream, they're still hearing a little bit of a hum and in fact i can demonstrate that with for you right now as long as you don't mind uh the fact that you're going to hear quite a bit of an echo but here is what people are hearing right now as long as you don't mind uh, the fact that you're going to hear quite a bit of an echo. But here is what people are hearing right now. As long as you don't mind. Okay, now I'm going to stop talking for just a few seconds. I'm going to pause the recording. And then what I'm going to do is uh, once I know that the audio has stopped playing so you don't hear the echo, I'm going to just leave the uh, silence going for a second. And you'll hear the kind of the hum or the buzz that's going on there. Well, there you go. I, I, hopefully, you heard that there, uh, that little vzzz. and uh, I had that in. I had that in everything last week. Now, of course, you didn't hear it in the audio recordings that we did last week because I was able to, you know, when music or something like that wasn't playing in the background, I was I just brought that channel that was coming in from my iMac. Uh, I was I just brought it down so that the hum or the hiss or the buzz or the whatever you want to call it wasn't there. Um, but man, I, I wasn't getting this before and I, I tried changing my USB sound card and, and, uh, out and plugging into different ports and, and, and lo and behold, what I did is I, I had to shut everything down. I took the power plug that goes from my 27 inch iMac, which is plugged into a power supply that's plugged into a power supply. Okay. I know that by the way, I don't recommend that either, but it was plugged into a power supply that was plugged into a power supply that had tons and tons of other power devices all plugged into it. And I went over and, uh, to the wall and I plugged in another power supply into the second socket. Um, and I plugged my iMac into that and boom, everything's fine. It, it, it got rid of that hum. Now, the reason why I think that people over there on Ustream are hearing this is because I use a Mac Mini to send the audio out over there, and I still have that Mac Mini. It is still hooked up to that same other power supply. So what I need to do uh, whenever I get some free time, yeah, right, uh, I need to actually unplug that um, Mac Mini. I have to shut down the Mac Mini. I need to unplug the Mac Mini and take it over and, and just have that one power supply that has my iMac and the Mac Mini plugged into it. And I'm assuming that that'll take things back to where it used to be. Uh, but Father or Father Roderick, Father Tucker, uh, I will tell you that this, this stuff is crazy. This hum, it, it can be a nightmare. And I hope that you get it worked out. But uh, try, try playing around with some different power sources, power outlets, um, whatever the case may be. So hope, hopefully you get it worked out. All right, let me get back over to my show notes over here and find out who's next. Oh, this next one is coming from Andrew and Bob from the Bunker Pro- the Bunker Project podcast. And uh, it's a little testimonial they gave about um, audio, digital audio recorders. Andrew and Bob here at the Empire Landmark, uh, directly above the Bunker Bar in downtown Vancouver, British Columbia. And this is more of a kind of a comment or a testimonial uh, for 
digital recorders than anything else. And I remember you got, you did a majority of a show based on using a digital recorder and we're talking about how somebody called in and said that they've never had a problem in all their time as a podcaster. Oh, with his computer? Uh, recording directly into a computer. Oh, come on. Well, I get a hum on my computer, I, so it's no problem. I haven't, you know, been, I don't have as many podcasts as, as he does, but I had never had a problem either. And I remember, Cliff, in one of your shows, you said that it's always going to happen when you least want it to happen. And uh, that happened with me. I was invited over to run the mixing board and do... Uh, the recording for a friend of mine, Jay Peachy, who has a terrestrial radio show uh, on mental health and art called Art in the Mind. Yep, they're pretty big productions too because he's got like a band, he's got speakers. It was awesome. So we were out at the University of BC, we had an auditorium going there, we had, there was an awesome band and it was unbelievable. I was recording into Audacity on the Mac and you know, everything was fine. It sounded great. The band was in the middle of playing, and then suddenly, Audacity crashed. Boom. And all I could, you know, I was stressing out. I, the whole time, I was just thinking to myself, I was just hearing in my voice over and over again, Cliff saying, do not record into a computer. It's going to hit you. Couldn't you hear him saying, na 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 Oh, yeah. na 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 I told you so. I told you so. Anyways, exactly. And uh, it was well, luckily you solved the problem because I just wanted to. Uh, what saved me was there was a cameraman there that was running out of my mixer was running um, audio into the into his high quality camera, and uh, the audio from that was perfect. So you did have a digital backup. You just didn't even know it. Yes. If it wasn't for sending out the feed, the audio feed to the cameraman, it would have been a disaster. But it it worked out. So well, there you Whatever. go. And uh, just signing off here from Vancouver. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say that you never know, Cliff is right, you never know when it's going to happen, and it probably will happen when you have the best interview for your life, or you're out doing something for, for somebody else. And so go get a unit. Get a unit, they're cheap. I've got a Marantz. You've got, uh, what's this one again? The Tascam dr Yeah, very nice. Get an Adderall. Yeah. I, I, I'm still on my list. Oh, I know. Still on my list. All right, thanks, Cliff. And if you're ever in Vancouver, the invitation stands to come for a black beer and uh, enjoy the view at the Empire Landmark. Bye. All right, Andrew and Bob from the Bunker Project podcast. uh, Sounding good there with your Tascam DR07 digital audio recorder. That sounds really really good right there i mean you that couldn't i mean i loved i i love that i love the ambient background of the audio there you could hear the the dishes clanging i mean just very faintly you could hear other people's conver you know other people having a conversation you can't hear their conversation but um you could hear people in the background it it really added a lot of ambience and made me feel like i'm i'm right there with you guys and i hear you clear and crystal I, this is why i love portable portable digital audio recorders as well is because you can stick that thing in your pocket and and by golly sit it up on the table and and you've got really great audio i it, it, i love it so number one thank you for that and yes um you know i i believe that eventually everybody's going to have an issue recording into software i i, I do i i've shared that um you know and yeah i i, I definitely shared 
with a client yesterday. I had a consulting client ask me some stuff about equipment setup, and and I, I shared with him. I said, "Listen, you know, I, I'll tell you. I, I, there was one time I I literally cried for two hours after I lost an interview. Um, it was an interview that with a with a guy who basically started an entire movement within the Christian church, and he wrote a book about it, and uh, a book that was very influential in and a lot of the ministry that I used to do and. And it was, I I remember when I landed the interview, which by the way, took me forever. But when I landed the interview, it was just like, oh my gosh, I felt like I was talking to the biggest rock star you could ever talk to. And, and I was just so delighted and, and everything was going great, was recording into audacity. And as soon as we got off the phone, I'm like, I I remember jumping up and down. It's like, yes, that was awesome. I mean, I felt like a little kid. I mean, it's like, this was the most amazing thing. That was so cool. And so I went over to the software and I went and I clicked file and I clicked save because that's the first thing I wanted to do. And I saw nothing. In fact, uh, that's exactly what I, I did see something. I saw the desktop. Because what happened was Adobe, or not Adobe, but Audacity did this big, huge vanishing act. It, it completely disappeared into thin air as if it was never there. And it did not save anything. I lost that interview. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was horrible. Uh, and I cried. I cried for probably about two hours. I was angry. I was mad. I was. I was livid. I mean, just it, it was a bad, bad experience. So since then, I decided, eh, you know what? I've got this mini disc recorder. I'm going to record everything into Audacity, but I'm also going to have a backup into this. Uh, I, I think I was using a sharp mini disc recorder at the time. And from that point forward, I always had some secondary backup. And as soon as I was introduced to the Edderall recorder, my life was drastically changed. And to be honest with you, I, you know what? It's crazy. And in fact, I keep saying I need to do this. And in fact, I think I will. I matter of fact, give me one second. I need to, I'm going to pause and I'm going to write something down and then I'm going to come back and tell you what I'm writing down. Okay. And I'm back. Now here's the situation. Um, I have um, just wrote down on my to-do list, set up second audio or Edderall recorder. See, I have I have two Edderall recorders. I used to have one for in the studio and one for out and about. And the reason I had two is because there were times when Stephanie would be recording a podcast in the studio here for her full-time mom podcast, and I'd be out recording uh, Pursuing a Balanced Life out on the road or, or something like that. Or I might be out of town and Stephanie wants to record her show. And, and so that's why we've had two. Well, anyway, one of my Edderalls, it kind of has a little short in it now. I, I, plugging it in and unplugging it, you know, thousands and thousands of times, finally wore out the little plug. And, and sometimes it'll only record in the right channel unless you wiggle the cable. And then you can actually see the thing. It's like, okay, yeah, it's recording in both channels now. Um, but anyway, I have that second one. And of course, I swapped them out. And that's my on the road one because you don't need the line in port to to work to do the uh, you know the onboard microphones. Anyway, I gotta find out what I did with that Edderall. That Edderall's not in visible sight since I <laughs> rearranged my studio. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna split um, the CD ta- slash tape output of my mixer with these. Uh, you know, you plug in one RCA plug and and it turns it into two female ones. And so I'm gonna do that on the CD slash tape output. And I'm going to send the audio both to my good Edderall and my old backup Edderall. 
And uh, one of the things I think it would probably be a good idea is just that I always have a secondary backup of my recordings just in case something happens. So uh, it's it's a good idea. As a matter of fact, I'm going to recommend to the, that to all of you out there who are recording podcasts where your content is extremely, extremely important. So yes, I would go to two I, because and I, I have it. I don't recommend everybody go out buy two digital audio recorders. But if you have them, then use them. If you don't have it, then you could go. Uh, I would I would use your digital audio recorder as your primary recording, and then you could actually use software as the backup. So so record uh, into the uh, software. But I happen to have two digital audio recorders, and so yeah, I'm gonna from this point. Well, not from this point, but from. Uh, beyond today, and, and when I finally get to that on my to-do list, I will I will be hitting record twice. And probably what I'll do is is I'll set the second recorder up with uh, recording probably at um, 128 kilobits. I'll probably put a, a four or five you know a four gig card in there, or whatever the maximum it'll take. I'll I'll put it in there, and I'll just let it keep recording and recording and recording over and over and over, you know, until that card fills up. And then I'll, what I'll do is I'll just drag all of those recordings at one time and put them into an archived folder away somewhere. Uh, and then I'll have a clean card and keep that backing up. But anyway, just want to just wanna say that's something that uh, I appreciate you calling in and uh, sharing because it reminds me that I, I, I do. I want to have a backup. I, in, I've recorded more than 2,200 episodes onto my Edderall recorders. And out of all the all out of 2200 episodes I have lost one podcast episode and I lost it twice and it was it was due to um an SD card that went bad and I, the one thing I will tell you if, if you've recorded if you've recorded more than 1000 episodes onto a flash uh SD flash card um, memory card, then I would recommend probably swapping that out, going out and getting a new card, uh, because uh, I, I can tell you right now, two thousand three hundred or two thousand two hundred episodes will do a card in. Uh, so just just want to say, all right. Um, you know what? I had an interview planned, but that interview is thirty one minutes and forty seconds in length, and so I'm going to say to my friend, Doctor Thomas Lamar. Uh, I apologize to you for telling you that we were going to include you in episode number 185. Uh, you are going to be in episode number 186. Uh, so I'll, I'll make sure to, to fit that in next week. I do want to take just a minute to mention, uh, you heard two people mention uh, webinars. Somebody said, hey, I want to thank you for the webinar this past weekend. They were talking about the um, the thesis webinar uh, that I did. It was a huge success. Uh, and and not just in my own words. I mean, I just got a ton of valuable feedback, and uh, I basically uh, did a, a webinar. That webinar was taking uh, the thesis theme, which is a premium theme that you have to pay for, and I showed how you install it and basically configure it to do everything to kind of make it look more like what you see on podcastanswerman.com, gspn.tv, and, and even the virtualassistantpodcast.com. So um, it, it's it's pretty easy uh, to do. I showed it in 90, I think I showed it in 90 minutes, and then we did 30 minutes of Q&A, and the Q&A session was very valuable as well. And I recorded all of that, and it is going to be available for as a digital product. Now, if you want access to that before it's available on the site, 
do me a favor, send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com and uh, just put thesis, theme, tutorial in the uh, subject line and, and I'll get you access to that. I'll let you know how to do that. And by the way, that's I'm going to be selling that product for the same price as the webinar. It was $39. So that is going to be available. Uh, I just need to get some time to put that on my site and I will be doing that. Um, also, I am doing a webinar, to not tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. So it's going to be uh, what is that? Saturday, November 13th. And uh, that is going to be my, it's going to be called Inside the Studio. It is my podcast equipment and podcasting workflow uh, episode. Now, folks, this this webinar is also $39. And when it's made available for as a product, it is actually going to be more than $39. I haven't decided on the final price yet. But uh, get in on this. Even if you can't make it Saturday, sign up as soon as you can because um, anybody who signs up, whether you make it to the session or not, uh, everybody will be receiving a video recording, high high def video audio uh, recording of that session. And here's what's going to happen. I'm actually going to show you every piece of equipment that I have in my studio, why I use it and what it does. I'm going to show you how it's all hooked up. And I am actually, after I go through all of that, I'm going to share with you, it's like, okay, so this is where I am today, but if you're starting out small, uh, I'm going to give you some recommendations on maybe the order in which I would recommend you buy equipment as though you're eventually want to get to, you know, a bigger setup, but you know, what piece of equipment should I focus on spending my money on first? And so I'm going to kind of show that in this webinar. Not only that, but I am... Going and, and David saying, will we get the secret sauce? Yes, I will share with you the secret sauce in this webinar as well. Uh, the Adobe Audition secret sauce settings. Uh, very simple to set up and I will, I will demonstrate how I use the secret sauce as well. But anyway, uh, that's not all. But wait, there's more. Uh, another thing that you're going to get is my complete from beginning to end podcasting workflow. I, I'm talking about how I uh, prepare my show notes, how I actually share my share notes, uh, sh- my, share my show notes with all my hosts from around the world, uh, and basically, then I'm going to show you step by step. I'm going to show you everything that I do when I record these shows on Thursday, and and basically my workflow from all the way from show notes to po- to actually publishing the episode on the website. Every single bit of how I do it is going to be there. And folks, I'm able to record eight podcast episodes in eight hours where by the end of the day on Thursday, when I sit down to dinner, all of my shows are published and on my website. And I'm going to show you how I'm able to accomplish all of that. Uh, And so if you're interested for $39, I will tell you, most people hire me for an hour to two hours at $150 an hour, which is my current rate right now for consulting. And so you're going to get this for $39. Sign up today. Um, Don't delay. And you can sign up. And yes, I know it is absolutely is too cheap. You're absolutely right. That's David Dell that says that it is way too cheap. And that's why you want to sign up for the live webinar, because when it is available as a digital product, it will be more than $39. And if you're still interested in it afterwards, let's just say you're listening to this episode number 185, you know, five months after I've recorded it, uh, then you can either email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com and ask me where you can purchase that training tutorial because it will be available by that time. 
on the website for you to purchase and still at a fraction of what it would cost to hire me one-on-one to teach you. So again, sign up for it even if you can't do it. Uh, both, uh, matter of fact, and I want to tell you about one other webinar that I'm going to do. And this is going to be especially interesting probably to those of you who are uh, very serious about um, you know podcasting for your business. One of the things that has radically changed for me recently is actually doing uh, webinars. Uh, I, I've been I've been so overwhelmed in my consulting schedule. I was I was putting people off for two or three weeks, and it's like they want. It's like, hey, I want to learn how to podcast, and I want to hire you. And when can I get on your schedule? And it's like, well, the earliest I have is next Wednesday. And and they're like, oh, can't get any sooner. It's like, no, unfortunately not. I mean, and and it's, I'm not just artificially making up scarcity. I mean, it's it's really my time has been that scarce, and I've I've really hated that. So I've I've been forced back, kind of uh, forced back into doing group training sessions, and and um, wow, I, I when I I never dreamed it would be this awesome, but upgrading from GoTo Meeting to GoTo Webinar has changed my my whole outlook on on the way that I teach people and I love doing these webinars and and so yeah these webinars I'm going to entice people to come and join live at a lower price because it really helps me to gauge how much interest there is for the topics for which I'm doing and so um I want to just say my income in the first 10 days and and I'm not saying this to to boast but just to let you know my income in the first 10 days is double what my income was last month. So the first 10 days of November, my income is double what my income was for the entire month of October. And by the way, my month in October was the most my business has ever made. So, um, and, and, and I can tell you, it's, it is 100% directly attributed to podcast webinar, or uh, yeah, the webinar training series that I've been doing. So, uh, not o- and not only that, but I'm actually able to take all of these and I've made a great amount of, of, of income from doing these live for the people that are there. And these are all going to be products that are going to be available for purchase individually uh, on my site. And so, when I get all these emails, oftentimes, in fact, I just sent an email to somebody today uh, they said, Cliff, I want to hire you. Uh, here's here's where I'm at. I've done this. I've got this website up and I've done this and this and I, I need to know what your consulting rates are so that you can help me out and how many hours do you think it's going to take? And I was able to write him back instead of saying, oh yeah, I'd love to help you. I'm $150 an hour and I can talk to you in two weeks. I didn't have to do that. I basically was able to say, hey, um, you know, my consulting rate is 150 an hour with a minimum of one hour. Currently, that's my rate. And uh, I would love to help you. However, I think I've got some great news for you. Uh, I looked at your site. Looks like you're using Thesis. And he, number one, he wanted to know if I could help him design his site. And I said, I have a $39 thing. Now, it's, you know, it, it's not available yet to purchase on my site. But if you're interested in this, let me know. I will get you this information. And he and it's like, wow, okay. And then I said, now here's the thing. You're you're asking about your equipment and you're worrying about your sound. You should check out this inside the studio webinar I'm doing this weekend. Even if you can't make it live, go ahead and buy it. Uh, and all this stuff. And and immediately, immediately he went in and purchased. And I'm like, this is this is this is great. And so moving forward. A lot of times I'm going to be able to say, hey, you know, I am available for one-on-one consulting 
And and the thing is, is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm distracted just now by the chat room. This is why I don't, normally don't read the chat room live. So I'm going to try to ignore the chat room and I'm going to continue my conversation here. Um, but anyway, uh, where was I saying? Oh, but the thing is, is I can say, hey, I am available for one-on-one consulting. And instead of you needing to work with me for you know, for four hours or three or four hours at $150 an hour, here are these things that are a fraction of what the cost of hiring me one-on-one would be. And once you're done with them, you'll have a list of questions that you may want to hire me for maybe one hour or, you know, an hour or so. And I've already been able to do this with the with the webinars that I've done on Adobe 101 and the Audacity 101 and, and some of these other things. And so, yeah, th- some very interesting things are happening and I'm looking forward to how all of this is going to change my business in 2011. Uh, and, and just some, some really big things are ahead. And not only that, but I'm also, you know, there's the individual training. But eventually, I'm going to create this overall, this overarching program of here's, you know, it's taking somebody who says, listen, I have no clue about podcasting at all. But I want to learn everything you could possibly teach me. And at one point, I will have like, it's like this tr- whole training procedure. It's like, okay, here you go. Week one, you need, you know, click here and, and you know, you want to go through these materials and do this homework. And then week two, go through these materials or, you know, or session, you know, and, you know, step two when, you know, you can go at your own pace. You could be ready in, you know, six weeks or you could be ready in six days or you could be ready in, you know, tomorrow. It's up to you how far you want to go. And, and so I can see some really big things happening as a result. But I do want to let you know, I say all of that to say this, is that webinars are awesome and they are meaning a huge, they're, they're, Dave says in the chat room, and I know I'm supposed to be ignoring the chat room. He says, Cliff is the lynda.com of podcasting. Well, yeah, in a way, that's what I want to be. I want to be the lynda.com of podcasting. But um, so the situation is that, um, where are we? Oh, I'm going to be doing a webinar on how I do successful webinars. And so I have had, I've been doing webinars for the last uh, four years or so. Um, I, I did a whole podcasting 101 webinar years ago. I didn't record it back then. I kick my, kicking myself for not recording it. But anyway, I did a webinar years ago and, and I did a couple follow-up webinars and I, you know, but I did them via GoToMeeting and, and the, the cost, you know, I, it just it didn't provide enough income. But now that, I mean, I'm already, I've got 40 some odd people signed up for the Saturdays, Saturday's webinar. So, you know, and, and so, yeah, think it, it makes a whole lot more sense when you have, you can have a hundred or even, you know, if, if more than a hundred people sign up for this Saturday, I'm just going to go to go to webinar and I'm going to upgrade to the next level, which is up to 500 people. And it, 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 it just makes sense. It doesn't matter because, you know, it, it just makes sense for financially for my business to do that if it's necessary. So, um, but I'm going to be doing a webinar and I'm going to teach every single thing that I've personally learned about doing webinars from beginning to end. I'm actually going to show you uh, how I use event, how and why I use eventbrite.com uh, to do my registrations for the webinar, why I'm using GoToWebinar uh, and and the difference between GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar and how I built up to GoToWebinar. Uh, I'm going to tell you the, the workflow of how I set up the webinars, how I actually transfer the registrations from Eventbrite over to go to webinar, how I actually configure all the little settings so that people don't get like 
all kinds of confirmations from all different locations and, and how I manually make sure that from beginning to end that I am in complete control over all communication that happens as a result of them signing up for my webinars. And I'm going to talk about how I record them in high def uh, video and also high quality audio. I'm going to sh- I'm going to share with you my entire uh, pre webinar checklist, my during the webinar checklist, my post webinar checklist. I'm going to show you all of that stuff, and um, you know I'm, I'm also going to show you how I basically turn that into. Uh, a digital product if I have enough time as well. And so I'm pretty sure that I will. Uh, so that that's actually going to be, and I've scheduled this one far enough in advance because I definitely need to take a, a week, um, a, a couple weeks. I've got Thanksgiving coming up here. But that one is going to be on, uh, uh, let's see, Saturday, December 4th. Uh, on uh, And it's at 12 noon Eastern time. Again, sign up for it even if you can't attend because anybody who signs up, whether you're there or not, you'll have it the next week. So again, um, if you want the thesis theme tutorial before it's available on my website, email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com. If you want to sign up for Inside the Studio, uh, it's only $39. Um, that's this Saturday, November 13th. Go ahead and sign up. At the Go to podcastanswerman.com on the side. And by the way, the webinar tutorial... Uh, if you go to podcastanswerman.com, there's the link to that one as well. Just click to register. Now, the early bird pricing on that is $75. And I'm going to click on register now so I can see this. Uh, all the way up through November 19th, if you sign up before November 19th, you can get in for $75. After that, the price goes up to $100. So I am telling you, my friends, this is... This is going to be some um, some fun stuff that I've got working up. I told you a couple weeks back, it was several weeks ago, I said, listen, guys, I have some really big ideas and stay tuned because some big things are happening. I don't know at what speed I can push it all out, but I'm going to be pushing some stuff out. And let me say, it is amazing. It is amazing some of the things that are happening here and I just can't wait until 2011 to even start some new things. So uh, just just keep listening. Keep keep subscribing to podcastanswerman.com and, and, I'll, and I'll continue to share what's going on in my mind and in my business as we move forward in this journey. So, so yeah, those are the things. Um, and one other thing I want to let you know, if you go to, um, I, I didn't put this in the show notes, but I need to, if you go to gspn.tv, and let me, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pause for just a second. Okay, so I went and pulled it up, and uh, it's, it's, it, of course, is taking quite some time. About, it'll take about 30 seconds. Uh, if you're listening to this prior to Sunday or Monday, uh, chances are if you go to my website over at gspn.tv, it will take you somewhere between, I don't know, maybe eight seconds as much as 45 seconds to load each individual page. Uh, I'll put the link to this in the show notes. Uh, and you can read this. I would encourage anybody who is, has a website that they host that they read this. Uh, it is at gspn.tv slash godaddy112010. That's 11-2010. So uh, gspn.tv slash godaddy112010 altogether. And that is my blog post titled, Why is gspn.tv loading so slowly? And it's and the additional title uh, is GoDaddy November 2010. And this thing is, I mean, if you were to print it out, it would be pages and pages and pages long. And not only that, but it also has a video that I had to create. 
and uh, count out for the GoDaddy staff how my my site is loading, taking you know uh, 45 seconds to load a page. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, horrible, horrible stuff. Um, most of you know I promote heavily Bluehost. Go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. You'll understand why I love Bluehost and I moved podcastanswerman.com and virtualassistantpodcast.com over to Bluehost a long time ago. Uh, I am extremely excited about everything that I've had uh, as far as experience with Bluehost. Uh, GoDaddy, I have not been very happy with. Uh, now, the thing is, is if you read that blog post, you'll hear exactly why I am so angry with them uh, for their hosting services and and their lack of support. I do want to give an update to that blog post real quick, and I want to say that I talked to a guy. His name is Jeff. He's in the office of the president over at GoDaddy. Sounds very familiar, or very uh, you know high high end stuff. But anyway, I finally got escalated to this special department at GoDaddy called the office of the president. And uh, his name is Jeff, and he is absolutely amazing, super nice guy. He was able to give me two options to move me over to their grid hosting uh, program, and and option number one would mean my site would be some down somewhere between two to six days. And I said, nope. Uh, what's option number two? And option number two was something that was told to me as was an option from the like level one and level two support people over there that, you know, I could sign up for a new hosting account, but I'd have to manually transfer everything over to this new one. Well, Jeff over at the office of the president offered to actually have GoDaddy do all of that stuff for me. I wouldn't have to do anything. I just have to pull the trigger and they would actually move everything for me. And then they would forward the DNS over to that new server on their site and I want to say that that was very attempting, uh, or very attempt, very tempting, very appealing to know that I wouldn't have to do anything at all. However, I already have a great friend of mine. His name, I think it's Jorge, uh, that has um, has offered to help me on. Uh, let's see here, yeah, on, on Sunday. And uh, it was originally on Monday, but he has to do it on Sunday. So uh, on Sunday, I think the two of us are going to be working for several hours, switching everything off of GoDaddy over to, or not off of GoDaddy, but just switching everything over to um, Bluehost. And then once everything's over to Bluehost and running, then we'll pull the trigger and forward the DNSs over. And hopefully by next week, all of my gspn.tv, gspn.tv plus, gspn.tv slash forum, all my membership stuff, all of that stuff will be uh, loading so fast at that time. And uh, I'll have this behind me. And of course, the thing is, is I am, I'm moving from one shared hosting solution to another shared hosting solution. But... Uh, to be honest with you, my, my sites, all, all the heavy lifting on all of my sites is really done through media hosting. You know, my all my podcast episodes, that's all delivered by um, Libsyn. All of my videos for my training tutorials, those are all uh, hosted somewhere else, uh, another third-party third, third party service that I pay for. So really, my, my blog, yeah, it gets some traffic, but I mean, I, certainly I'm not that much bigger than most most popular blogs as far as traffic to the site so yeah shared hosting is perfectly sufficient for all the things that i want to do and probably even just a little bit beyond but yeah i i recognize and realize that with shared hosting there is going to be a time where you might experience 15 to 20 minutes of your site being inaccessible or maybe you might have a day where they experiencing some issues and it takes a little bit of time to load your site and stuff like that but uh 
You know, when you sit there and you go for three weeks and you know exactly what the problem is and all GoDaddy needs to do is take you off the server that they just put you on and put you on a different server, then then it's, then it's it would all fix. I mean, the thing is, is it shouldn't take two to three weeks to get to the level of support that I finally got to. Uh, I've pretty much had it. And so I'm, I'm officially saying bye-bye to GoDaddy uh, within the next uh, week. And everything will be loading up on... Uh, the Bluehost servers. Um, so yeah, there you go. Podcastanswerman.com slash hosting if you want my full under, uh, explanation of why I like Bluehost. So that's it. Wow. Yeah. Next week, Dr. Lamar. We're going to talk to uh, uh, a chiropractor of all things who has launched a podcast. And we're going to hear some pretty exciting things that are happening as a result of this business doing podcasting. All of that and probably a little bit more next week in episode 186 of podcastanswerman.com. Until next time, everybody, God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon.